everyone, this is Cheryl Perry and Jen Plim with Charlotte Smarty Pants. Thanks so much for joining us today. Our Charlotte Smarty Pants podcast is powered by Charlotte Star Room, Charlotte's premier boutique music development and corporate video production studio, and the best birthday parties in the QC, the Popstar Music Video Parties, and they've got professional voice lessons in a studio. Here with us today is Mary York Oates, Director of Admissions at Charlotte Latin School. We're talking to her about how to teach your child leadership, civics, and character, which is certainly a hot topic these days. So thanks so much for joining us as always. Thank you for having me. Um, So let's just start out strong here. What does strong character mean in a child, in your opinion? I'm not going to tell you my opinion, but um, (laughs) I I think character is is a tricky topic because some people believe that character is the essence of a person. Some people believe that character are traits and skills to be learned. And so... Um, I think any school always has to address the humanity Mm -hmm, of the place. And so character sort of seeps into that, I I would think. Um, And the most important thing about any school is being able to partner with parents in that that you have the same dialogue, that you have the same set of actions and behaviors. So um, a child of good character can mean many things to many people. And do you see, um, you know, in the elementary school, sometimes it's talked about a little bit more, but in the middle and high schools, do you see it just woven in in a different way in the culture of the school? Because I feel like characters kind of talked about in the elementary schools, you know, you might have education or lessons on being a good citizen, but in the older school or in the upper grades, do you see it kind of woven in differently? I think so. I mean, I think in in any good middle or upper school, you develop a sort of ethos, a culture, Mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes right and wrong defines character, sort of good kids and bad kids, if you will. And that may just have to do with the disciplinary approach of things or children that are sort of deemed good citizens because they are, you know, um, on time and do their work and are kind to others. Um, But I think that schools are trying to do very, very intentional things around character. You see this with the digital citizenship piece Mm -hmm. in schools. You see pledges. You see actions, honor codes, codes, Mm -hmm. things like that, that, that that schools are putting in front of students to make good choices. It's a, it's a place where you can do that because the culture around them is so wild and spinning, as we know. Right. And character, I think, evolves in each child. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and is supported by the education team, the home. It's kind of, I think it's a combination of everything that they're exposed to all along the way. And we, we talk about it starting at home a lot of times. Mm-hmm. It's not the school's responsibility for the entire right. thing. So what can parents do? And this is a... a probably a longer um, answer, but what can parents do from as little kids or if you have teenagers to instill good character? Like how do you, is it just like a discussion one off or what are some tips for parents? I think that first of all, you've got to determine who you are, mm-hmm. you know, the parent of the child. What are, what do you stand for? What are your values and beliefs? But in my experience as a teacher running a classroom, I would say, I want my child and other children to be um, fair, to understand both sides. I think kids, kids are, can be very black and white in the way they see things. And to be able to sometimes point out and have discussions around, let's say there's a mean child or a bully or someone that is doing things that are unkind or unfair, I think as the parent, when the child comes home to the dinner table, it's really important to hear the child, not try to fix it, 
but then say, you know, what do you think could have spurred this? What are other things you know, right. you know, yeah. about this situation? Because sometimes the kids that are the, have the biggest struggles um, socially and emotionally have have a, carry a lot of burdens. And so right. I think any time that you can develop a sense of humanity within mm-hmm. your child and a sense of caring, mm-hmm. that's a good first step. Um, I also think something, Jen, you said a few minutes ago is important to think about, and that is character evolves. And so children are going to do things that are... Are, are flawed. Mm-hmm. They're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna take the cookies in the lunchroom when they shouldn't. They're gonna um, scribble through work really quickly. They're they're gonna take things from a friend. I mean, those things. It's important to hold them accountable right. and understand it's not the end of the world. And maybe not set up a police state at home, but you know, really get to the bottom of sort of knowing what your kids are doing a little bit without being a hover. Right. I mean, that's another topic. That's another podcast. Mm-hmm. But. I think you've. I think when a when a teacher says, you know, um, Janie's not really being very kind, you need to pay attention to it yeah. and figure right. out how you can help shape that. Right. Well, a lot of parents will say, "Oh, not not my Janie." Not my Janie. And and they could be a totally different child in the classroom. It could be from sleep deprivation. And there's a right. zillion things. And it that might just be, be a blip because yeah. it's a journey. Right. You know? It's a journey. So, right. Um, you so hope listen. it's a blip. Yeah. Yeah. Listen mm-hmm. to your teachers who are with your child mm-hmm. all day, every day. So. And you mentioned bullies before. How do you, how as a parent can you tell if your child is a, a great leader or a queen bee or bully? Are there some warning flags? Yes. I, I love to talk about leadership because I believe that leadership, the best leadership is distributed. And it's not positional. So and we think of leaders as the people we elect to office, your, right. your student council president, the captain of your team, the lead in the play. But really, um, if you look at society, some of the, the greatest leaders have been these great humanitarians where they're very gentle people. They take care of their flock. They engage others at a high level. Um, and so being a bully or a queen bee, they're going to be symptoms and signs of that. Um, a, a full-fledged bully is never going to get invited anywhere. A queen bee might get invited everywhere. Right. You know? And right. so you begin to sort of understand a little bit, if you can be self-aware as a parent, you know, what, what, is, what is their social currency? How are they achieving it? Mm-hmm. Right. Are they achieving it because they're powerful? Mm-hmm. That's not leadership. Right. We know plenty of powerful people that have not led the nations of the world or, or even a movement. Mm-hmm. But when you look at um, children that have worked together in their community one step at a time, have all participated in, in um, a service drive or have all worked together to help a friend who's behind in their schoolwork, th- those are the things that I think it would be lovely to see a little more reinforcing, mm-hmm. the sort of humble leader. Right. Um, parents are nervous about the next step. And so you, you hear a lot of um, brag planning, as, as Wendy Mogul called it in Blessings of the Skin Knee, which mm-hmm. she says, you know, oh, Jenny was up all night. She's the captain of the team. And she had to make the <laughs> That's posters. That's Facebook and, all day, every day. <laughs> right, right. You know, and, and so we as parents need to check our right. own things at the door sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, right. Um, I remember one of my proudest moments as a parent, here I go, is when a teacher told me that um, they were having a, a civil discourse. It was, it was a discussion that was required of the students and that 
one child was really getting hammered by the other nine students and then my child reached out to them and I thought wow yeah that's you know, huge this is this is something that you know will render you speechless mm-hmm. so I, I I hope everyone has that experience because it's lovely when a school or a community can really put those values on that right what about for the shyer children who might not be as outspoken and can they be leaders and Absolutely. you might not even realize it or I love the book Quiet, and I um, would recommend anybody with an introvert in their household to go out and or go Amazon and order it. And, I'm going to do that the, right now. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is one of the most powerful books I've read in the past two or three years, and it speaks about the power of introversion. And if you think about it, an introvert typically hangs back, observes, checks out the scenario, thinks before he or she speaks, which is a really <laughs> lovely skill. Right. Um, and they tell this great anecdote about um, that the students that are in Harvard Business School's MBA program, obviously, at Harvard Business School, are almost all extroverts. You know, they're great at presenting. Right. They're right. very powerful and they're um, very charismatic and they are very engaging. But when you look at the most successful CEOs, oftentimes they're introverts. And you think That's of something like Warren Buffett. Because they surround themselves with a team of Exactly, and they power. empower their team. Mm-hmm. I'm reading a book right now that our head of school gave us, um, and it's all about management, and it's about really being a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And do you understand your flock? Have you checked in? You know, how are they doing? Right. Um, so when we talk about courage, it can mean different things to different ages. Um, and when you're thinking about older kids and courage, I think – resisting peer pressure. So how can you instill courage in your teens to resist peer pressure? We've talked about this in other That's sessions. <laughs> I think that a lot of it comes to confidence mm-hmm. and um, the ability to be a parent that can be supportive and give your child um, space to make those tough decisions. Right. Um, and then when they stumble, that you're there to, to um, help them know you're there, but to let them get up on their own because peer pressure typically comes from it's a it's a power it's a subordination thing and it, it's usually driven by some sort of um, I don't know group think so anytime that you can give your children many opportunities to to make good decisions whether they're you know ordering from a restaurant when they're little you know ordering off of a menu. Um, or deciding which elected to take and really letting them pick that. Right. Even That's if hard they to do. Hate it. It's hard. You know, it is as a hard. Parent. And I used mm-hmm. to think, um, I, I've experienced in my life some very, very driven students who had very, very driven parents. And sometimes I would be sort of shocked at the decisions they made on the playing field or sort of off campus because they seemed so together in the classroom. But then I realized that they... They had sort of been pushed. Mm, right. And, directed. Right. And and the kid that maybe really loved engineering and didn't ever finish their math homework sometimes made better choices because they had the freedom to, to hmm, flounder. To flounder or the freedom mm-hmm. to just their parents were okay with mm-hmm. the choices. Right, right. And being clear. I mean, Rob Evans <clears throat> um, is a school psychologist, talks about don't prepare the path for the child, prepare the child for the path. But he says, have rails. Right. <laughs> you know, what is sort of your non, <laughs> your non-negotiable? Yeah, right. Um, and, you know, for older kids, if it's, 
you know, you can't drink and drive or something mm-hmm. like that, then you, you just, you absolutely stick to that. Yeah, and every stop. time there's a variance from that, you, there's a consequence. And some of that is just sort of cause and effect. I think. Right. It takes a lot of work. Isn't it hard? Yeah. It's work uh, in progress. Every child and each, mm-hmm. just when you figure it out with one, the next mm-hmm. one's an, the That's 180. So true. <laughs> it's, and like, it's, it's developmentally appropriate for them to be stepping out. And mm-hmm. that's hard. Right. Because, you know, they should be questioning it. But what you want them to be able to do is land on the right side of safe. Mm-hmm. And, right. Um, well, and there's so much pressure around them already mm-hmm. with um, their peers and, and just the whole society in general. Their, the expectations of our kids is so high. They should specialize in one thing or they should be top of the class or whatever that is. And they already feel that. They already feel that. and Which nicks at your confidence. Which, right. Which mm-hmm. confi- And confidence is worth a million bucks, in my opinion. If I could mm-hmm. buy that for each one of my kids and right. give it to them. Right. Confidence gift. with humility. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. I, think, I think that that's the most important combo right there. So, and when we talk about a civic-minded child, Mm -hmm. which is our last kind of um, topic on this, what do you, how do you define a civic-minded child? Well, I think of civics as, when I think of civics, I think of American civics, and Mm -hmm. I think of, you know, democracy, and I think of citizenship, and I think it all begins, you know, sort of like the local food movement. You start local, you start Mm -hmm. small, you enjoy... I like that analogy. Yeah, there you go. You sort of tend to to your community and I do feel strongly that we need to teach children to listen more than speak sometimes Mm -hmm. and I don't mean to be silent I just feel like we're getting into this soundbite society where children aren't really thinking about both arguments and we all are passionate about our thing mm-hmm. but that means you really probably don't understand the complexity of your thing if you're not really open-minded to what what are other points of view right so well, and sometimes when you're being quote-unquote shouted at by different points of view and you don't have a strong point of view it can be confusing too and absolutely. I'm sure for children it's it's hard and it's just gonna get harder and and it can be boring and dull too mm-hmm. I mean I think sometimes I'm not sure that um, there are that many kids that really want to, you know, cut their teeth on this. But then when you think about great English classes or history classes where there's phenomenal discussion and you have to elevate an idea with fact and support and, right. you know, that that training is really important mm-hmm. um, to be able to to not just argue, but to be able to, to build and persuade. Mm-hmm. And back it up. And back right. it up. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, as always, for joining us today. You can find Charlotte Latin School at charlottelatin.org and on Facebook and Instagram at Charlotte Latin School and on Twitter at Charlotte Latin. And a huge thanks to Charlotte Star Room, our podcast host. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Charlotte Star Room and on Twitter at CLT Star Room. And as always, you can find us at charlottesmartypants.com, on Facebook and Instagram at charlottesmartypants, and on Twitter at charlottesmarty. Thanks.